You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Drink it in. Drink it in. Drink it in. Detroit Kool-Aid, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers, what is going on? We are here on a Wednesday talking Detroit Lions football as we always do. Now before I introduce Grifka, normally we're talking Lions uh, recent info, we're giving you rumors, we're giving you all types of funny gimmicks and sound bits and all that. Uh, we got a totally different show for you today. So before I uh, tell you what we're into, I'll introduce the man of the hour. Grifka, how are you, buddy? Oh, doing good. Doing good. Uh, it's uh, nice to be back. Nice to be back. How are you doing, sir? Oh, it's good, man. Uh, life is good, uh, despite the craziness. So um, what I want to do today, uh, I barely told Grifka this just moments before we went live, but... Uh, one thing we have a ton of fun on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast is like over the last, we've been doing this a couple years now, which is crazy. It was just an idea from top of my head and, um, you know, had my buddy Hughes involved to start and then asked Grifka to do it. He jumped on board and over those year, two years, gosh, I wish I knew how many episodes we've done. A few hundred for sure. Um, you know, we, we play sound bits, we laugh, we yell at each other, we argue, we've created these uh, fun personas because we know that you can hear the same Lions topics on all these other podcasts that are out there. So we try to give you something different and, and we'll continue to do that. This is no goodbye. This is no, we're not going to do that. But one thing I wanted to do to change it up is I thought we'd we just peel back all those. No Grifka Bell today, no sound bits, no nothing. And I kind of want to interview the man known as Grifka, Mike Grifka, for those of you that probably have never heard me say his first and last name, but we got Grifka on the show, he's an integral part, he makes uh, me laugh and uh, frustrates me to death, but today I thought I'd just ask him some questions, why is he a Lions fan, what are some great memories, just uh, just across the board, I've got some things here, so Grifka, you said you were up for this, I mean, you're ready to divulge to the people why you love this football team and, and uh you know, take away some of the fun things we do and just have a real genuine good Lions uh, show today and an interview uh, so the people get to know you a little better. Yeah, I mean, it'll be uh, interesting then actually to dig up some memories on 
you know, think back, you know, like you said, how I became a Lions fan, you know, what I've done and why I love this team so much. <laughs> yeah, it should be good. So everybody hang in there. It's totally different. I mean, on Friday, we're going to turn the juice back up. I mean, Grifka's going to have some questions for me. They're going to drive me nuts and we'll, we'll do our normal fun on Friday, but a little different show today, but I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. So Grifka, the first thing I had, I mean, it's a broad question, but we got to start way, way back when uh, you were little Grifka. I mean, what's the what's the first memory or or, or what's your why on, uh, on why you like the Lions fan? Tell me about the first time you sort of were introduced to this team or, or what really made you start to uh, love football, love the Lions, uh, stuff like that. Yeah, probably thinking all the way back to that. I mean, just being a little kid, my dad always loved football. I mean, he played in high school, never played any play, you know, never went played anything above that. But he loved football. And um, just being a little kid, being able to sit in my dad's lap, you know, with my older brother in the, you know, on the couch and just uh, sitting there just watching the game with him, you know, just doing something with my dad, you know, you know, because I'd only see him, you know, after work and, you know, being little. But Sundays in the fall when, you know, when it came to it, you know, and the lines were on TV, we were watching them. And that was always cool. And, he, you know, everybody hears all the crazy stories about me, you know, breaking the coffee table glass and, you know, you know, <laughs> punching a pillow and stuff like that. My dad never got like that. I mean, I don't know. He was just always kind of he was more mild mannered watching football. He liked to watch them and, you know, and he would just if something cool happened, something great. He'd be like, hey, nice tackle or nice hit or there'd be talking points. He'd be like, well, you know why they did that and you see how they did that. And it was just. And, you know, just learn the game from him and the Lions were the local team. And, you know, when he was younger, you know, the Lions were decent. So I think he just kind of stuck with them at, at that point. So, I mean, he grew up in the uh, he grew up in the 50s. And that's when the Lions, you know, we all talk about the last you know championships they won. So he remembered that stuff. But uh, him sticking with those teams to the lean years of the, uh, you know, <laughs> of the 70s is uh, kind of amazing to me. But just. Hanging out with my dad was the biggest reason, and he liked the Lions, so that's who I picked up on. So he saw the golden era, and then he passed it to you, and and, and we have not had as much luck. Uh, Grifka, were you a were you a football playing kid? Were you a Lions fan in like middle school, high school? I mean, did did you rep Lions gear when you were younger? Do you have pictures of you in in Lions shirts and and hats and stuff like that? Let's see. Uh, the uh yeah we played football you know when i was a kid i mean we were in a neighborhood much like probably many of our listeners that had you know big yards or you know and it would just got a group of kids together you were playing in somebody's backyard or if um the grass was too wet and your parents didn't want you to play you'd be playing in the street and that was always fun you know to fall on the uh, on the blacktop you know so we would do that and uh yeah when you came to like everybody's picking out their players you know, everybody, you know, when I was a kid, either wanted to be Billy Sims. I mean, you know, I mentioned the names Billy Sims, you know, Leonard Thompson. And, you know, somebody wants to be Doug English and <laughs> somebody wants to be, you know, Gary Danielson. Or, you know, it, every once in a while, somebody would tear out Greg Landry because, you know, they were a little older and they remember him from the 70s. But, <laughs> yeah, everybody always wanted to be Billy Sims. I want to be Billy Sims. I want to be Billy Sims. And, and um, yeah, the it's like where the garb I got, my parents would get, you know, from like the local store was just, you know, everybody's seen the shirt that just regular Detroit lions with the, uh, with bubbles on it. It'd be like the, uh, they never came like in black or anything like that. It was always that Honolulu blue or like you call it the Fugazi blue with uh, (laughs) bubbles on and the, uh, the, 
carnival letters of Detroit Lions and in, uh, in, the, in the silver with the white outline. Um, I know I had that T-shirt. I don't think I have any. Uh, I don't think I have any photos of it though. And I was one of those things in the fall though. You know, come football season, I wanted to wear it. I always kind of went with the seasons. You know, in the in the wintertime, I had a Pistons T-shirt, even though I didn't really watch a whole lot of basketball when I was when I was younger. Um, baseball season, a lot of Detroit Tigers garb. I know you don't like to speak about that, but it was usually sometime probably in, uh, you know, early August, I was starting to look for those that Lions t-shirt, and I was probably wearing that like once a week. Game day, I'm sure you broke it out. Uh, do you remember like when you, when you go to school, I mean, did you talk up the Lions? Did people know Grifka was a Lions fan? Did you get heat for it from people that uh, you know had, were knew they they weren't winning in those years or would have those good years and bad years? Do you remember catching any catching any heat for being a Lions fan when you were in your younger days? No, because like a lot of kids, they want to be you know want you know want to be pro players and they want to be the you know the Detroit Lions you know, the local team. And that's generally what a lot of people do. They'll hook on a local team. Now I do remember some kids, they, you know, they want to be different and which is odd. Cause I was kind of like different stuff as well, but they, they either like the Cowboys or the 49ers, um, those teams like the Raiders and, you know, those teams that were really good, the Steelers, um, and they would talk them up. And when you would go out at a recess, you know, you would pick your players. And once again, I mean, everybody's like trying to pick Billy Sims, but Every once in a while, you see somebody want to be like Terry Bradshaw or Joe Montana. And uh, Dan Marino was another one. You know, uh, Marcus Allen, that was another one people want to be. Tony Dorsett. You know, there was, I know there was a kid that was a Cowboys fan besides Chuck Dog. And he really liked Tony Dorsett. And he really liked Danny White, too. But uh, simply because he was the Cowboys, uh, the Cowboys quarterback. But nobody really, really, uh, you know, made fun of anybody because most of the kids wanted to be Detroit Lions. Now, Grifka, you named off a bunch of uh, players. I, I find it somewhat humorous that you would play uh, each other and and try to be these players. I remember playing a lot of ball uh, back in my younger days, but I don't remember uh, like trying to be the be the player per se. Uh, so, so you named off a lot of people were calling out who they were and and, and whatnot before they played. Um, what were a couple players that that you really latched on to or that you were like um you know again middle school high school maybe even those uh years a little bit after that like who are a few of your guys and why when i was really young i mean like i said billy sims i remember his uh karate kick game against the houston oilers everybody you can look up that to highlight if you want steps <laughs> on a guy's back and karate kicks a houston Oilers guy right in the face that's probably my favorite memory of that. And everybody loved that. But uh, the guy I really liked when I was a kid was Doug English. Defensive tackle. I, I know people have heard me call his name out. The guy was just a stud. And he had to, I mean, he ultimately had to retire, you know, for a neck injury. And when you're a kid, you really don't realize it. You just hear guys retiring. And I, I remember I was really sad when I heard that. Because I thought he was so good. And he did, like, local commercials and I remember him. He always did the. He did a local big boy commercial, and that's so odd how that sticks in my head. How he he did a local big boy commercial, and if I mean, you ever been to the Silver Dome? That was like one of the eateries. There was the big boy, and I don't think there's a big boy at Ford Field. I can't remember because I know we're never looking for that. But I remember the Silver Dome had you know big boy was one of the sponsors of them. So he did he did a commercial, and when I heard he was retiring, I was sad when he retired. And at that point, you know, finding somebody else who was like really good on the team was difficult. And you ever heard that saying, you start to recognize talent? 
as you get older. And at that point, it was those really lean years for Detroit. And you, you wanted to pick up on Chuck Long, but he really wasn't doing that much or any not that great. So I was really liking guys like Dan Marino at this point. So whenever I was starting to play backyard football, if I was quarterback, I wanted to be Dan Marino. I was a big Raiders fan at that point too. I still love the Lions, but like the Raiders were my second favorite team. They were always on TV. So I like guys like Marcus Allen and Jim Plunkett and, you know, and Lyle Alzado and Howie Long. So those were guys I started to play more simply because the Lions, they, they weren't, they didn't have a whole lot of talent, you know, and then, Obviously, they got Chris Spielman. I started to like him, saw him play at Ohio State. Even though I'm a big Michigan fan, I really liked him. And then they got Barry. So once they got Barry, I, you know, everybody wanted to be Barry and really start to like him. All right, good stuff. I, uh, I'm, I'm struggling here, Grifka, to jump in on you. I know the people at home are doing their own Grifka bells when you're bringing up some of your classics. You even threw them a bone with It's Not That Great, which I'm sure people enjoyed, even though it's a much uh, different show today. Uh, so so you named off a couple lions. I mean, you got a couple more. You, you named off uh, a few of the, of the classics, but then you talked about the Raiders. Like, I feel like there's got to be a few other names that you normally would throw out on a show that I would laugh at but that were your guys back in like the what the 80s the 90s like give us a few oh, more okay. of your favorites um i, I really liked uh george jameson he was a guy that um you know as you know they got chris Spielman and george jameson on the scene. dennis gibson was one of those linebackers that he wasn't like an all pro but he was just you, how you always say how he's gritty and plays and plays really tough and hard he was one of those guys i really liked as well um ray crockett I just really liked his name. <laughs> it's like, you can laugh at me about that, but yeah, I really like Ray Crockett. Um, he was good. Benny blades, you know, probably one of my favorite players of all time. Probably one of my favorites, probably my favorite strong safety of all time. The guy couldn't catch a cold, but that guy could lay the lumber. I mean, we talk about guys now, you know, laying, laying sticks, but this guy could do that. Um, on offense. I mean, uh, I mean, that's hard to Lomas Brown. I mean, I know you, you make fun of him, but, He's probably the number one guy in that offense. Their wide <laughs> receivers were terrible. I mean, like their quarterbacks were, were, you know, they weren't they weren't any good. It's like <laughs> I, the, the, the most my favorite highlight. People can go look this up too if you've seen it. It's my favorite one, and I know it sounds terrible because I know how bad it hurts. But Eric Hipple just getting laid out against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, every time I see it, I mean, it's one of those hits now that would be flagged. But as he gets hit so hard, his helmet flies off on the sidelines. And you read now how he got a concussion from it. But it's one of those things like you almost I, I, you cringe and you kind of laugh. And it was just, just so nasty. It's like that was the Lions highlights, though, of like those 80s teams between Billy Sims and Barry Sanders. They were so bad. And, you know, I remember hearing they had the James boys. The, the, you know, Gary James Jones was the backfield. Gary James, James Jones, James boys. And neither one of those running backs was any good. And they tried to tout them, and it was just, oh, gosh, they were horrible. And, and what, what this reminds me of is that backfield when, like, before, after Nintendo came out the Sega Genesis. And the Sega Genesis, one of the games was Joe Montana football. Or um, it was um, Joe Montana. Yeah, Joe Montana football. If I remember, me and my brother used to play this all the time. And the Lions were on that game, which is odd because they generally didn't put the Lions on games like that. You know, they weren't on Tecmo Bowl or Super Tecmo Bowl at the time or anything like that. So they had the Lions and both of us wanted to be the Lions. And they gave like a little, they, they gave a little uh, synopsis of the team. 
and the first line of the Detroit Lions was slow running backs. <laughs> and like, I think about that now and I laugh and it's like, and they were, it's like, if you went and played the game, it looked like offensive linemen running the ball. They were like that slow, but we still want to be the lions. They were one of the worst teams on that game, but still both of us want to play with the lions. <laughs> I, I need our gamers out there to hit us up on Twitter. Uh, go to at Grifka DKC. Uh, were the lions really not on Tecmo or super Tecmo bowl? I mean, I assume they would have to have every team on there. I mean, I remember Bo Jackson was like on tackle. You could not tackle him. Walter Payton was incredible. Lawrence Taylor block everything, but I'm pretty sure the lions had to be on there. No, they Maybe super Tecmo bowl. They put them all on, <laughs> but I know Tecmo bowl. They weren't, I think Tecmo bowl only had like maybe eight teams or something like that. Eight or 10 teams. Like I said, I'm not a big gamer, so we need people that know what they're talking about. But uh, I'll take your word for it. But um, just because the Lions weren't in that generic guy jumping up with his finger in the air when it would say uh, the uh, Raiders make the playoffs. <laughs> like just because you never saw the Lions probably in that screen doesn't mean they weren't on the game, I don't think. But uh, <laughs> but that's, that, that's funny that you guys would play that. Now, now Grifka, I want to talk about kind of just done some overarching, but I want to know, like, in your early days, we always talk on the other show and kind of laugh, and I give you a bunch of grief. You get all uptight about your fandom. Like, what was Grifka's way of being a Lions fan, you know, middle school, high school? Like, you you said you didn't wear a ton of gear, but you'd wear it. I mean, what was the Sunday routine uh, for, for getting all hunkered down, watching the games? What are some things that stick out to you of, like, oh, I remember this, or, man, I was so dis- disheartened when this happened, or, man, it was just classic to get down, uh, you know, and watch the game, either with your your family, your friends, whoever it may be. Like, give us give us some of that routine of what it would be like, because, like I said, you're the historian on the show. People know you've been watching the Lions much longer than me. You always talk about that, but what were those first little bit of because that's when you really were becoming a fan when you were younger and kind of like you know day week in week out with this team all the downs not a ton of ups like just kind of talk through what that was like what you remember that you enjoyed as well as maybe some of the frustrations as well when i was really young everybody knows like lions fans i used to play at the silverdome that's eighty thousand strong so being those lean years, I mean, if it wasn't the sellout, I mean, like every ticket sold, it was blacked out locally. So being young and a little kid, you know, you know, 10 years, 11 years old prior, you know, and younger, you don't realize, you don't realize that's what it is. Just Sundays in the fall, you know, like, oh, great lines. You'd get home from church and, you know, you'd eat brunch really quick, you know, or something like that. Or my parents would take us out to brunch and it's like, you're almost like sitting there just looking for a clock because you want to get home and watch the game. And when you get home, if they were at home and not sold out, <laughs> you were like, where's the game? And you wouldn't realize it. My dad would just be like, oh, they're not on today. And so then you'd have to wait for the 4 o'clock start or the 10-minute ticker. As everybody remembers, that old 10-minute ticker. You know, every 10 minutes they throw up all the game scores, and you'd have to see what the score was and or well, wait for a highlight or something like that. But generally, on. if they weren't on – all the neighborhood kids would get together and just go play football. That's what we would do. So it's like you could look in the neighborhood. If the lines were on, nobody was outside playing. If they if they were not on, everybody was outside playing. We were all playing football at somebody's house. And um, it was very disappointing when they weren't on. But when when they were on, I remember always being so happy, you know, and like, <laughs> yes, the game's on today. And like I said, it was a lot of lean years, so chances are I would watch them lose. 
and I would, and I'd be sad. And I remember one time, like when I was young, I was probably like eight or nine and they lost a, they lost a nail biter. And I started to like kind of cry. And my mom told me to cut it out. Stop crying. <laughs> I remember that. And I'm just like you know, heartbroken. It's like, what mom, you ain't got no love for this. But yes, you know, so, uh, I, I don't know where it became like the obsession, you know, of, you know, of really the real highs and the low lows. I remember when, um, they got very, we're happy and they, they started to have some good years. And I think that's more where it was there. And you start to get the frustration of like when I was a kid, you know, I didn't get to see, you know, a lot of good football. And then, you know, they got Barry, they got, they got a superstar, you know, he's great. And like, they should be able to do more, you know, go get a quarterback, you know, let's, you know, get a few more pieces, you know, they got a good defense and then, you know, coming up short, losing playoff games when they would make them. I think that's where it became more of the, uh, the building angst of, you know, where I was, you know, to, to the point where, like you said, you know, kicking an ottoman across the room and screaming at the television. And that's where it became that. And in high school, though, it was just me and my friends getting, you know, every once in a while I'm being able to go over to a friend's house and watch a game um, because generally it was Sunday, you know, it was family day. You know, you're with your family that day. So every once in a while, you know, we had to go you know, see relatives, you know, aunts, uncles, grandma, grandma, some grandma, grandpa, something like that. So you, you didn't get to see the game. So uh, that was one where you're like, my dad would have, have the game on in the car and my mom and sisters really didn't like it, but my dad was driving. So he had the, he held the radio at that point, much like it always was. So once we got to the place though, no matter what the score was, if we're at, hitting my aunt's house, my grandparents' house, no more football because nobody else was watching football at that point. So play with your cousins, you know, do whatever at your grandparents' house. So that was, that was more, I don't want to say disappointing, but at that point you kind of knew the routine. I was a teenager. I knew I was like, okay, I just got to get the score later. I, I want to circle back real quick, uh, because this is much more before my time as, like I said, I don't remember the Lions not being on ever. So you're telling me like any home game that wasn't sold out, like it was just like, sorry, your local team, you you have to listen to them on the radio or you're out of luck. That was, that's how it worked. It's yeah. Crazy to me. So like yeah. I, on a season, you, you how many games you would you the miss? Monday night games when the Lions, when the Lions got a Monday night game, No. you would wait to hear because it was one of those things that it had to be sold out. And there was times it was you would hear things like the Fords bought the rest of the tickets that were left just yeah. so the game could be televised. And they would give the games to like a charity or something. They would give the tickets to a charity. And, you know, so um, that way, you know, they give them out. Local radio stations would buy more tickets. You know, you'd call in, call her, four, you know, call her 14, get some, you know, tickets to the Lions game. <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, that would happen. But how and, many, um, how many you know, times did you physically miss a game? game? would not sell out and you didn't get to see it. And. That like, really sucked. Like how often though? Because I never experienced any of this. Every game's always been on. So like, how many games a year would you miss? Only the home games? You'd miss like five out of eight, well, or no, what? You would see. You wonder why I always wanted to go to the first one. You'd always see the first one, <laughs> and and you'd always see like the Thanksgiving Day one. I remember every was it a couple years, the Thanksgiving game wasn't sold out, and gosh, for some odd reason, the channel that had it. Would always play like Fiddler on the Roof locally. I mean, I remember it's like Fiddler on the Roof sign. And then every once in a while, you know, you'd go to the pregame of the Cowboys game, which started at four. It would start at four o'clock at that time, as opposed to four thirty. And they would be, um, they'd show you the highlights of the game. 
And that happened a couple of years where the Thanksgiving Day game wasn't sold out. So you almost kind of had to wait for the Cowboys game to see any highlights. Um, but yeah, when those were lean years, you'd see like the first game of the Thanksgiving game, maybe the Bears game because the Bears were good at that time and their fans would fill it. But if they were playing like St. Louis Cardinals, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, um, some team that really didn't travel that well or wasn't that good, those games were blacked out. So you might miss six home games. I mean, I think I remember seeing just like you know, one year, like you, you know, five or six home games would be blacked out. That's nuts, man. Hey, Grifka, did you ever did you ever get into the the Silver Dome? I, I I went there once, I think, uh, once or twice. Uh, but like I said, I wasn't yeah, I either. Say I went to a lot of games there, but yeah, I went to uh, probably a handful of games there, um, mostly with friends as I got older. Um, never, I didn't go to any games with my parents. Um, which I'm kind of sad about because I think my dad would have really enjoyed that. But uh, it was one of those things that um, older, you know, going with friends, stuff like that, and probably a handful of games. I um, can't remember right after. I mean, more than, it's probably 10 or more, but it wasn't like, you know, 30 or 40. I mean, yeah. not like that. I never yeah. had that many games. Well, in the what, do you, what do you remember? What did you like about that whole atmosphere and experience before they went to Fourth Field? just um it was almost just it was almost more laid back it wasn't it was more raucous and more you get eighty thousand people strong because i i did go to a couple games that were sold out and eighty thousand people screaming i mean i mean we talk about how ford field can get loud you get eighty thousand people screaming and that's loud and um it was a little more blue collar for lack of a better i mean it was out in pontiac and it was a little more blue collar and the tailgates, it wasn't um, like now, like where you, you got small parking lots and you see people held up in, uh, in parking garages. I mean, Silverdome had a massive parking lot and there was all these open fields where people, you know, they'd have like a small house and just this massive field. It's like when, when I used to go with my buddies a lot when I was older and uh, we'd park on the, at the same spot. You know, probably four years in a row, four or five years in a row, we'd park at this this house on Opdyke, just a small little red brick house. And yet, you, you I mean, you maybe had to walk a, maybe a quarter mile to get over there. But it was always cool, man. It's like like now people have footballs out, they have grills and uh, it, there wasn't a whole lot of I mean, there was a police presence, but, uh, you know, not as much security as it is down by Ford Field now. So, uh, you know. Every once in a while, you'd see uh, one of those. You'd see a fight break out even before the game, before between rival fans. I, I saw one between, uh, um, was it uh, Vikings fans and Lions fans? So, and it took a little longer for police security to get there because it was, you're kind of, I don't say out in the middle of nowhere, nowhere, but it's just so massive. But uh, I do remember that, and then and just inside the stadium, um, it was just uh, like I said, just so. Ford Field, it's so more, it's everything seems so close. Where if you were up top in the Silverdome, you were so far away. <laughs> yeah, I like I said, uh, barely been there, but like I, I wish the Lions still had something like that for the tailgate experience. Um, but like you said, that building was so ridiculously big. It was crazy. Grifka, we, we got to keep this thing moving. I got two more for you before you take our break. And then I got some things after the break. So we want to get some more stuff on you so that people can enjoy uh, some of your stories, memories, all that. Grifka, I know this might be hard for you, but, uh, I'm going to ask you anyway, what's your best, what's your most positive, what's your fun memory of the Detroit Lions in your earlier days? 
let's see. Positive good things, you know. <laughs> My most favorite one, it sounds stupid, but it's the playoff win. And this was one of those weekends my parents had my mom had planned to go up and see my grandparents and we're like oh we're having dinner with grandma and grandpa and like me and my brother like um that's the playoff game against the cowboys (laughs) so uh, yeah needless to say we got voted out but we were able to watch the game it was actually my grandparents actually allowed us to watch the game before we ate dinner and just the, the thrashing they put on the cowboys and i remember at one point during that game the sticks in my head how John Madden said, you are looking at two of the rising teams in this league. The talent they have, the young talent they have, This, both of these teams are going to be around for a while. And who, I mean, the Cowboys went on to win three Super Bowls and the Lions once again continued with their ups and downs. But that is probably my most favorite memory, you know, that I can really remember uh, of the Lions and just enjoying that beatdown that they put on the Cowboys. Absolutely, man. That's huge. A couple days ago, uh, you know, we joke on the show again with you being the historian and the longer fan than me. Like, I don't have this memory of of that at all. I I wasn't even I didn't even pick up on the team until kind of the early mid two thousand. So, like, I was on YouTube the other day and I actually went and I downloaded the like six old Lions games that I want to watch where like that was one of them, Barry and stuff like that. So I actually got to put my, my, my eyes on some of these older games and see like the, you know, the three receivers and some of the stuff we had back in the day. I'm, I'm looking forward to doing some of that. Grifka, um, this one might be easier for you <laughs> before we take our break. What was your most heartbreaking, your saddest, your worst, your most frustrating moment as an earlier Lions fan? Something that you still can't get over. And let's see, like the saddest one. Let me let me do two of them first. <laughs> um, the first one I remember what was my saddest, like that one that made me the most angry, was the thrashing that they took against the Philadelphia Eagles in the first round of the playoffs, <laughs> where they ran off, you know, this string of victories, and you know, the whole week leading up to this, and like, you know. Pundits are talking. Nobody wants to face the Lions. Their offense is clicking right now. And I'm thinking, oh, they're going to go to Philadelphia. And I think it's probably the reason why I still hate the Eagles. And um, Scott Mitchell, and it was just, it was his big year. He threw for over 4,000 yards. I mean, Herman Moore, Johnny Morton, Brett Perryman, Barry Sanders. I mean, they were, it was just like they were just throwing up points left and right the second half season. And, And I'm thinking, okay, I remember I had to work that day. At a big boy, by the way, at the local big boy. My boss lets me out of work early. I drive home, I shower because I was a cook and I don't want to sit there smelling like grease. I, I took like one of those three minute showers you take when you're in a hurry and I make it just in time for a kickoff. And they proceed to go out and just get thrashed. And it just wasn't, you know, like you hear me say, like every once in a while, like you mentioned on this show, oh, same old lines. No, this was just sheer anger. I'm like, okay, they need to score here. Okay, if they're within this many points at this point, they have a chance. In Philadelphia, just they just kept scoring, and that one made me so mad. And my buddy was—he was a big Scott Mitchell, fan. you know—he was really liking Scott Mitchell because Scott Mitchell was on his fantasy team, and Scott Mitchell was throwing up all these points. And I remember he was over at another friend's house where their football party started early, but I wanted to watch this game by myself. You know how I get sometimes. I call them up at halftime, and um, I'm like, "Hey!" And I call my buddy Rob. I'm like, "Rob, put Chad on the phone." 
and it's and he's like, yeah, what's up? I go, and I remember yelling at the phone. I go, Scott Mitchell sucks. And he just yelled back, F off. And he hung up. <laughs> that was the whole conversation. That was the whole conversation. Oh, right that's there. a classic Grifka. And, I could see that yeah. happening right now. But that made me the most angry. My saddest one was when they lost to the Washington Redskins. And Redskins were, I mean, the Redskins were a dang good team. And, you know, they won the Super Bowl. And it was one of those things like if the Lions would have won that game, the Super Bowl was played in the, in the um, was it uh, up in Minnesota? And it was in the Metrodome. And everybody's like, oh, uh, dome teams, they never win the Super Bowl, and blah, 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 because they got a playoff style. And they went to Washington, and Washington just thrashed them. And there was a point come halftime. I mean, I know you get on me. You're like, oh, there's two halves. But at that point at halftime, it's just like this game's over. I mean, they can't, they couldn't stop them. They could barely move the ball. And it's just like you kind of saw the – and it was just like so close to the Super Bowl. And that one, after that game – I just I just wanted to be left alone. I just went in my room and I just like sat on my bed in the dark. And um, my brother came in and because we shared a room, he checked me. He's like, "Are you okay?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'll be fine." And I just I just like sat there in the dark for probably two hours and didn't even watch the second playoff game. You know that because it was just so disheartened and so sad that they or, um, that they didn't go to the Super Bowl because the Lions <laughs> were the Lions were the first game of the championship weekend, and then um, Buffalo. Um, I think it was, I think Buffalo and whoever was the second game. Yeah, man, it's crazy. Those are, those are two good ones. I think that we as current Lions fans are still waiting for some of those moments because as tough as some of these ball games are, like we haven't had any in the last uh, long time where there's a ton on the line and you lose a game like that. It is, uh, it is going to be a crusher. Hopefully we will experience a few more of those Griffka, I know I said that was it before we take our break, but I is there anything else, anything else you want to throw in about kind of your earlier years as a Lions fan when we come back from the break? I want to ask you kind of where you're at now, what you think about some more, uh, you know, where they're at currently, things like that to kind of finish us out. So anything else you want to give the people or you want to say before we uh, take our break about what it was like to be a Lions fan back in the day and, and uh, before we get some more current stuff? The I guess everybody hears me on the show, and you know I you know I'll admit I get to this you know the the SOL Lions you know I get to that point at at times, and like you say, there's a point in the season where I just kind of like let them go, whatever. Okay, here's the next season; it'll be like game eight or whatever like that. And what I what I really remember, what I kind of even miss, and it sounds kind of stupid, is just the innocence of liking football and watching the game. I'm to the point now where. You know, it's just like, yeah, I get, I get jonesed up to watch them and me and you do the podcast and, and I know you, you kind of make fun of me, you know, no matter how bad the season is like, I want them to win no matter what. And you're like, oh, you got to use your head. You know, if they lose, they'll get a better draft pick. And just, I, I guess I kind of miss that where it's just like every game they're on, I just, I just miss the enjoyment of watching them as opposed to take, you know, you know, taking it to heart, you know, so much. And, you know, just being, like I said, the highest of highs, the lowest of lows and just being crushed where, you know, when I was a kid, you know, if they lost, okay, they'll play next Sunday, you know, where now it's just like, oh gosh, it just, you know, wears on you for a week, you know, and that's one thing I just, I, I kind of miss, you know, and it's, it's, I know I can't go back to that simply because, you know, I realize football is, it's a business more so than just a sport, so. 
Well, good stuff, Grifka. Good stories, good memories. I mean, the reason we're doing this too is because, like, the for all the grief and the fun we have, or the, the when I get after Grifka, like I've known him for a long time. He's a good guy, a good buddy of mine, a, a a real legit Lions fan. You know, no matter what he says or does, like you know, he loves his team. And like I said, I thought it was just fun for us, buddy, to talk it through because. I give you a lot of crap in a fun way, but like at the end of the day, I'm always like, man, I know Grifka. You're always in like my top couple friends where like I know genuinely wants this team to win big, wants them to um, play well, draft, do all the great things that we all want, even if your frustrations get to you. So good stuff, man. Uh, we will do what you often say, which is take a pause for the cause and we will come back. And I got a few more things to throw at you before you finish out the Grifka exclusive interview here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. So everybody we'll be right back. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers, we're back from the break. Thank you for listening to our sponsors. You are listening to the exclusive Grifka interview where we're uh, stripping back all of our gimmicks, our funny things we do every week, and the normal Lions off-season topics today and we're just talking to Grifka a little interview style asking him some questions getting his memories so um Grifka I want to start the second half with with uh you know the Lions games that me and you have attended I I I don't have it in front of me but I want to say it was about 2011-ish maybe 12 somewhere in that range where um you know I'd had my tickets for a few years the first few years I was splitting them up with other buddies, you know, the first couple years me and Hughes went to every game and then, you know, it just got to the point where I didn't need to be down at Ford Field for every game type of feel. So um, kind of ended up, you know, checking in with you and, and you were you were real gung ho, you know, since then. I think we've always went to every opener, probably what, eight nine plus years in the running i'd say we've been consistent with that got to do a few road trips and and had some some fun tailgates and experiences so what are a couple things you've enjoyed from from year after year getting to kind of circle that game in in, you know in, in red marker and say man i'm getting to go to the opener again i mean you enjoyed that it's probably been different than your your previous years where like you said every once in a while you'd go but um you know, didn't have that, that in, and also didn't have another buddy that would just consistently go with you like we have. So I know I've had some good memories and good times, uh, down there. Um, how about you? Oh yeah, it's been a blast. And, uh, a few things, you know, the number of games that we've went to, the few things that stick out to me, the biggest, the biggest one guy was a little Tim and him <laughs> rapping with you. I know we haven't brought him up in a couple of years, but little Tim, much love. 
Um, <laughs> that was you, the best you, part of that tailgate. That you, know like he's, crappy tailgate. you know he's um, out there doing his thing still. Yeah. Um, you, the Kansas City opener where you know, all the Ryan Suckup jerseys, which I'm like, how bad were the Chiefs where everybody had like a Ryan Suckup jersey? And um, <laughs> Rory taking out Jamal Charles and then not seeing Rory the rest of the game. That yeah. was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but then just uh, – was it the one year you had the uh, – was it the little mic that was playing the Stafford, Stafford? Oh, and yeah. you're playing and, like, people, like, looking around. Like, <laughs> you would play when people walked by. And, like, people were, like, looking around dumbfounded. Like, they heard it, but they didn't know where it was. And we were just sitting there laughing at that. But just the number of people that come by and – because where we sit, where we always – we're, we're right there by Comerica Park. And it's just, like, a main thoroughfare over to Ford Field. So we just see tons of people and – just you know people want like you know screaming gold lines stuff like that and you kind of poking fun at uh rival fans as they walk by and <laughs> the the patented dan marino jersey that always shows up <laughs> oh man um that is, that has been a good time and and like you said i would always want for a big group of us but like it always has been fun just to hey grifka is one of my genuine buddies you know i i only keep a um a small group of genuine friends. You know, there's a lot of people I know. I got a lot of acquaintances, but you're definitely a genuine buddy that I can always count on. And when we go to those games, it's always, uh, you know, I always have some hijinks. We always eat way too many calories. And, uh, well, I, like I said, our win percentage is pretty good. I think when we go down there. So, so that's been, been fun as well. Um, Grifka on this back half of your life where you've been a Lions fan, you know, again, uh, not too many, no playoff wins to speak of, a few appearances, um, you know, a lot of a lot of hope every year going in thinking, you know, this is the team or, you know, all these different players that we've all hung our hat on of, oh, they're getting it together. They got this, they got that. Like, you know, talk us through a little bit of where you're at with that as far as, you know, still hoping and believing, yet also year after year, you know, I kind of hear you um, – getting a little bit jaded too in regards to you know what you think or if you think they'll get over the hump or they'll win so where are you at with all that as a a guy now later in his uh lifetime as a uh, as a football fan as a Detroit Lions fan now I know we've talked about this I'm to the point now where I try not to get too high or too low with this team anymore and I know for like the Cowboys playoff game that Seattle Seahawks playoff game. Even though I was like, even trying to get to that point where I was like, okay, I'm just going to be mellow. I remember after those games, my throat being hoarse from screaming at the television. <laughs> so, and I remember points where I could just feel my heart racing, you know, and you can feel like the blood trot, you know, pumping into your skull. And I figured that can't be a good thing considering, you know, it's a Sunday and, you know, you're getting all worked up because you're sitting there eating like, just kind of like you said, you're sitting down to like something that's usually full of salt. So that doesn't help the blood pressure. So, um, like I said, I'm trying to keep it there where I'm, you know, stay healthy for my kids and not, you know, die of a stroke watching a Lions game. So, um, I think they will eventually get there. It has to, I mean, I mean, I know the sport we do not speak of, but I'm a huge <laughs> Cubs fan and, and they won. So, uh, they have to get there. And I know when they do, I, it's it's going to be one of those things. I'm I'm just going to be jumping up and down. I might just run into the street, you know, something <laughs> like that, and I might get hit by a car simply because of the euphoria of it. You know, it just I'm waiting for it, and I know come that year when when they are good and they are in the playoffs after every game, my throat's going to be hoarse. So 
Yeah. And I want to say to myself, stay mellow and it's okay, but I don't think it will be. I don't think I'll be able to hold myself in check. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Or that's what I tell you on the show is like, you can say you're not living and dying with this team, but like we've only been in the playoffs and been bounced in round one. So can you imagine like winning two playoff games and then having what one more to get to the Super Bowl or, or being in the NFC championship game against one of the storied franchises? Like that just always goes through my head of just like, what a, what a moment that'll be versus what we've, like you said, I got the same way when we have those first round playoff games, you're just in on every play and whatnot, but we haven't even ramped it up yet. Grifka. We haven't even got to the good stuff, which like I always say, the NFL is competitive, but I, I think it will happen as well, but it's going to be crazy, crazy when it does. Um, l- let's talk about the current squad or just these last few years. Like, um, you know, what are your genuine thoughts? Like, you know, there's been a lot of angst about this coaching staff. They've added some players. You look at their overall scope of the team. Like what's your, what's your five-year forecast with the current Lions organization, meaning like owners, coaches, players, schemes, like overall, do you see good things in the future, even as early as this year, next year, or are you thinking that, is still going to be kind of lean here for a bit, in your opinion. Gosh, I, I think if they're going to do something, it's got to be within the next couple of years. And simply with where they have Stafford at quarterback and um, Kenny Galladay, he's young. You know, a young, you know, run, you know, young running backs. I mean, they got a, a, a lot of young talent. But if not, it's it might be one of those things if. I know there's a lot of Stafford haters out there, but I think it's got to be within the next couple of years. Cause I think if they go out and have to go get another quarterback, you know, if they draft another young one, then you're kind of admitting that's another rebuild. And, and I know every once in a while that rookie quarterback jumps up and takes a team, but those are usually teams that like, I know was it Sanchez did it with the jets, but that team was so stout on defense and so veteran, laden with what they had there on their offensive line and other skill positions that Sanchez was just more of a you know, game manager. He wasn't asked to win games. So I, I can't see that happening with this squad with where it's at. I think they're going to need Stafford to do it. So it's got to be within the next couple of years. If not, then it's, I just, you might have to be resigned to another, another rebuild, another few more years before they get a quarterback. That's that might do something. But I, I would like them to do something. I really want I'm really hoping they do something. And, you know, Matt Patricia's guy, I, I believe he's got to show a little more this year. I mean, it's just uh, we've all heard, you know, it wasn't good enough. You know, what they did with Caldwell. I'm not saying Caldwell would have got us over the over the hump. But where this team is that is at, and I realize a lot of injuries, and I, I know that. But ultimately, the NFL is, you know, a win-loss sum game is what it is. So, He's got to pull some magic out here, you know, to make everything happen within the next couple of years. What um, what are a couple goals or, or dreams you'd have for the Lions in the next handful of years? Like, what are some check boxes you have, or some things like, man, you know, I'm not getting any younger. Like, these are some exciting moments I'd like to have with this team, or these are the type of players I hope that we get that I can watch every Sunday and feel proud to call them Detroit Lions. Like, what are a couple of things that you at least, you know, even if you don't think they have those yet, you keep thinking like, man, I really hope they get this, or I really hope we can obtain this, or um, the team can accomplish X while you're still 
you know, not only a fan, but like before it gets too late to where you're, you're not thinking, you know, that anything of these things can happen. Like what are some of those, those bucket list items you want for, for your Detroit Lions? Well, I mean, besides a Super Bowl, I mean, I think the biggest thing would be is I, I want the Lions to be one of those teams. And I know everybody says this, you know, nobody fears anybody, but you know, in the NFL when you're taking on a great team and you just can't pencil a W in against them. And when you get there, either this, it's one of those, you know, you know, greatest show on turf offenses that have just thrown up mad points. When we're talking those old Pittsburgh Steelers or old Baltimore Ravens defense. And like when they had Terrell Suggs and Ray Lewis and Ed Reed, you know, those teams like, you know, you want you just get us a touchdown. We got a W, you know, one of those things. That's what I, it just seems like the Lions have never had that. You know, they've had those offenses that can put up points, but there's always something holding them back, either a quarterback or, you know, there, there's there was an Achilles heel that really would do it to them. But that that would what I really love to see one of those teams, just like the Lions, oh, the Lions are playing this team. They're going to throw up 38 this week. Or, oh, gosh, the Lions have one of those defenses. Like, oh, they're playing this team. <laughs> Seven, three points, man. They, they can get This teammate's going against this defense. You know, that's that's something that I would really love to see. So, so you rather have the the kill them defense more so than a than an offensive team like the Chiefs and stuff nowadays? I mean, they always say defense wins championships, but I think if the way the NFL is going now, you almost need one of those high flying offenses because that's what it sounds odd, but I think that's kind of what the NFL wants. They're putting their rules to benefit the offense more. So I think finding one of those tough, hard-nosed defenses that holds teams to seven to ten points, I don't know. I don't know if the NFL really wants that for their, for their teams. They want those teams that just go out there and throw mad points up. So, yeah, I think I, I think right now I would lean towards more one of those greatest show on turfs, never out of the game type offenses, as opposed to the stalwarts. You know, you know, I, I'm not saying I want the team to be defense to be Swiss cheese, but you know, have it have it decent defense and just an offense that can go out there and it's like, okay, we can march on the field whenever we want. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um, two other quick things. And we'll finish this out. Grifka again, I said, we've been doing the show for quite a while. Um, been very, uh, happy that you came on board and we've had a lot of fun with the show. Um, we obviously have our disagreements. We, we, uh, drive each other nuts in different ways. Um, but we're keeping this thing moving, man. We're still doing two shows a week and uh, and serving that Detroit Kool-Aid. Uh, talk to the people a little bit about just, you know, what you've what you've enjoyed about this experience. It, you know, again, uh, maybe uh, some things that have been tough for you to jump on here on a podcast and talk Lions twice a week. I mean, me and you both aren't like phone guys. We're not calling a bunch of people, but we've been real consistent on here jumping on and coming up with things to talk about and, and being diligent with it. So what have you liked about doing the podcast? What have some challenges been? What have you enjoyed from the fans? Like just, just talk about the Detroit Kool-Aid cast for a second, what you've got out of it. Um, let me just start with the downside first, because I don't want to end on a downside. <laughs> uh, the downside is like when the team has those lean games, like last year, it can get pretty difficult in here to, uh, try to talk about them and break down a game and i know some of the fans don't want to listen to that they know it's like okay the team's not very good what can you say we can try to put a positive spin on it but that can be the most difficult thing to do so um but what i've really enjoyed the most actually and i know i'm not on twitter a lot and i read your 
you know, when you're on Twitter much more than I am. And um, just even some of the, you know, I don't want to say battles for lack of a better term, you know, when uh, we, when I do, a, you know, when we do our solo shows and people come at me, I, 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 that's fine. I mean, that's, and nobody has ever, you know, come out, like I've said this to you, like nobody's ever come, you know, once you, once somebody calls you a name or just calls you stupid and that's their whole argument, you've won because they can't come back with something, but it's, it's nice. Like any time I've got into that, it's always been cordial and, you know, people, their point, my point, And I always thank them at the end, you know, saying, Hey man, good debate. I really appreciate how we didn't, you know, fall to the lowest level because social media can be that way where, you know, people want to say a lot of things that they would never say to your face. And I'm glad none of our Lions fans, I always say that, um, you know, there's certain teams I rip on their fan bases, <coughs> Eagles, um, but uh, Lions fans, the ones we come across, maybe you've come across different ones, but the ones that usually say something to me, they never come across that way. You know, um, you know, it's always a nice debate and that's what I, I, it's been pure class. So I really got to thank our listeners that take the time to do that and have a debate that uh, I've enjoyed that the most, that we're able to kind of see each other's points. Maybe if you don't agree with my point, you've never come to the, you never, you know, debased yourself to the lowest common denominator and called me a name or, you know, and I won't do that to any of our fans either. So, and that's probably one, been one of my biggest joys, just the different people that, like you said, there's tons of Lions fans out there that never get their voice heard. So just to come back and being able to chat here and there, that's, that's always the nice thing. All right, good stuff. Nothing about the show itself. <laughs> oh, the the show itself. Um, <laughs> me and you, like, there's times where we just—I don't want to say we—I don't get on tangents, but we just kind of get laughing at ourselves so much, and um, and, and we just can't stop. And we realize how long we've went. And I know we're always we always talk about okay, let's shoot for this timeline, and there's sometimes we just kind of get going, and we're just having so much fun that you got to catch yourself and I'll be like, Oh, we went that long <laughs> and we don't even know. We're just, we're just BSing about football and just having a good time. That's probably my most enjoyable shows where we do that. Yeah, man. I, I, I just want to say personally, I've really appreciated you making time uh, for the show every week. Uh, I know it's sometimes, you know, not your thing or, or not you, your favorite at times. But uh, like I said, when we uh, both make time for the show and we're fired up to talk football and talk Lions, like, you know, there's there's nobody, you know, I'd rather jump on and do the show with. Uh, I think it's fun that we come from different perspectives. I think we've been able to establish some really fun things for the fans. And like a lot of that's thanks to you and your, uh, your humor, your ability to go with the flow. I mean, a lot of people would joke, but we basically have a couple bullet points that we talk about uh, two minutes before we go live. And then I just say, all right, we're going, we're, we're hitting that red button. Let's uh, laugh, entertain, talk football and enjoy. And it always does come out, you know, much better than you could ever really write it on paper and stuff. So I just appreciate you from that uh, realm and, and like you say, it's really been fun, I think, for both of us to see all these different people all over the state, the country. And we even got people in other countries that are listening to the Detroit Kool-Aid cast every week. So I just think it's been really cool what we've built from scratch. And like if this team ever takes off, like it'd just be crazy to hear 
um, me and you on some of these different shows or just uh, who knows what might might hold for either of us in the future with some of this stuff. But like I say, I just really appreciate you, buddy, for coming on and for always, uh, you know, rolling with the punches and talking football with me twice a week. It's been crazy. Now, Grifka, that wasn't the end of the show question, but this is. You've mentioned the word Super Bowl a few times. Grifka, lay it out for me. When and how is this going down? When the Detroit Lions are going to rise up, this city is going to go crazy because it is a football town. I don't care what uh, you know is on the hockey arena or what other people have told you. This is a football town. It's an NFL town and then a college football town after that. When and how are the Detroit Lions going to make that run, get to the Super Bowl, and, and, and hoist that trophy for the city of Detroit, for the Detroit Kool-Aid cast, for me, for you, for all the people that have lived and died with this team for years. Lay it out. Get the people excited. Maybe prognosticate a little bit to end the show here um, about how it's all going to go down. I mean, I would like to say this year, but um, I, I think they could really make a run next year. I mean, if this team improves, they play that um, those meaningful, meaningful games in December, like Martha Ford said, and they just get another draft class, you know, you know, and they still, they're still, Bob Quinn's done, you know, pretty well with the salary cap where they're not totally, you know, bent over. They can still go out and get a couple pieces maybe next year. Next year could be that run where they really jump up and surprise people. I, I don't know if it'll be this year. I mean, but uh, I mean, next year could be that. I mean, you know, re-sign Kenny, you know, Maybe go get another wide, you know, go get another wide receiver to pair with him, and and they just get a couple more. That defense really comes along, you know, to where 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 it could be. Like, yeah, next year could be that year. I mean, don't get me wrong, I would take this year, but um, next year could really be that team where they just really make some hay, and um, you know, get out there and uh, start laying the lumber to teams, and you know, make that run. Griffka, I love to hear that. That surprises me that you would uh, have that type of optimism as well as uh, so soon that you could see this team get into the promised land. But uh, I've been waiting for quite a while, and uh, I'm always optimistic, as you know. Griffka, this was an exclusive, man, uh, basically a a 45, uh, maybe nearly an hour sit-down with you, just asking questions, hearing your thoughts and memories. Um you know, thanking you for what you've done, not only for the show, but just uh, what you bring to the table. And uh, like I say, it's it's been a crazy ride. So um, I think it's only appropriate to end it with uh, something like this. Grifka, do you have anything else for the people? Uh, nope. Grifka, that was your chance to break the note right there. You could have said thank you. You could have said something nice about me. I mean, uh, that was your chance. Uh, I, I thought you might take it, but. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. <laughs> but Derek, I appreciate uh, you actually putting up with me. I know you drive. I drive you crazy sometimes with some of my talking points. And I know uh, there's a couple times we left these things where uh, we don't uh, text or talk to each other for a couple days until we cool down and. And then we're cool with each other again. So uh, I appreciate you asking me and sticking with me and uh, all the fun that we've had. And I hope uh, for uh, a whole a whole lot more episodes of this. (laughs) 
Well, thank you, Grifka. Uh, all the Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers out there, uh, we will be coming back Friday with some heat. You're going to hear some Grifka bells. You're going to hear some sound bits. You're definitely going to hear me uh, getting back to ribbing Grifka, him getting all flustered and upset, us laughing, us talking football. I'm sure he'll have some Lions 24-7 articles as well as some other topics that we'll get into. I cannot wait for that. This was a totally different show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Thank you, Grifka. Thank you, everybody out there for listening. We'll check you on Friday right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. We're out. Drink it in.